You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Hey, and welcome in on this uh, sunny, but yes, uh, a bit nippy Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow is signing day. And so, in lieu of that, we will have Andrew Bone on uh, a little after 1. Coming up at 12.30, we'll talk to Mike Rodak. First thing we wanted to do on Big Noon Sports today is offer you the opportunity to listen to the Nick Saban News Conference. Normally, during the season, we air them in their entirety live when they come on at noon. Yesterday, he held his news conference and, in fact, they're changing the player interviews up till today, too. But, anyway, what I'm saying is the University of Alabama's media deals with their coaches and players has switched up this week. It's the holidays. We can all understand this. But it didn't allow us to play it yesterday, so we thought we would just, you know, hold the course and play you Nick Saban as he appeared at the podium yesterday. So, you know, the... Uh three days of practice here we really tried to focus on fundamentals um you know i think everybody's got to practice with a plan a sense of purpose uh everybody's got to kind of reinvest into uh conditioning reinvest into fundamental techniques uh discipline to execute blocking tackling um all translate into will translate into positive performance in the game um, and I think it's, you know, hard to carry the momentum from the season to a game when you got almost a month, you know, between games. So players really have to reinvest in, um, you know, all those things. The players did a good job, you know, in the two weeks in between and finals week. Um, and we've had three good days of work. Uh, so we want to continue that uh, for the next four practices. And, you know, hopefully we'll get closer to where we need to be in terms of, being able to go play like we're capable of playing, you know, in this game. It's a great opportunity for our players. It's a great challenge for them. But, you know, you're not really owed anything when you're playing these games. You know, it's like a one-game season when you're playing in the playoffs. So we got to put everything into it we can, uh, and everybody's working hard to try to do that. Um, you know, I'd like to congratulate the 15 guys that we had graduate on Saturday. Uh, three guys got master's degrees. Uh, Justin Aboyd-B, Seth McLaughlin, and Will Reichert, and 12 other guys graduated. Uh, we've had six guys make, you know, some kind of All-American teams, Dallas Kool-Aid, Terry On, uh, J.C. Latham, Will Reichert, Caleb Downs. So really proud of those guys for their performance. But, you know, I think they would be the first to tell you that uh, their success comes because of their teammates and, you know, all the guys who contribute to allowing them to have positive performance. So, um, you know, we're just grinding through it and working. And, um, you know, tomorrow we'll get back at it. I want to ask you about the, the, the self-scouting and tendency-breaking stuff that you do as a staff normally during an idle week. Is that a, an exercise that gets repeated to some extent at this time of year ahead of a bowl or a yeah, playoff? There's no question about it. Um, you know, we do quality control just about every week, you know, on what our tendencies are and what we're doing and what we can do to try to, you know, break those in some way, shape, or form. So, um, and certainly with this extra time here, that's something that we most certainly are trying to do. Yeah, hey, Coach, can you just speak to the decision to bring in George Hilo and, and what kind of role he'll fill on your staff? Well, George has been here before, so he was with us for a long time, you know, knows our system. Uh, I think 
every year that, you know, we've been in the playoffs. We've, you know, tried to bring somebody in primarily because, um, you know, we spent two weeks really on the road recruiting. Um, so uh, somebody to do a little extra work uh, that has ex- good experience. Um, and, you know, when we get off the road, being able to give us a good scouting report of what we need to know. And um, so that's, you know, the purpose just to add, you know, sort of a, a special assistant to me, whatever you want to call it, to, um, you know, when I come off the road, be able to get me up to speed on what's happening. So um, that that's the reason we've always done that. Given everything that's come out about Michigan this season, are you planning on doing something different with the signs in this game? Uh, not really. Um, you know, we always change things up a little bit, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're focused on what we have to do to try to get good execution. And, um, you know, I'm, we, we, we we're not really concerned about any of that stuff. Getting to go, so hope you're doing well. How has Jason McClellan progressed since the SEC championship game? Uh, you know, he's getting better. Um, I think it's probably still too early to tell. Um, uh, he's getting ready to do dry land running and some things. So, you know, he'll progress through the rest of the week. And, you know, we see where he lands by the end of the week. It's the plan with uh, Hilo to ultimately replace, replace him with uh, Coleman Hutzler, or is, is that on the table or is he just strictly brought in for this? Right, look, we're, we're not concerned about any of that stuff right now. You know, we got a game coming up. Uh, Coleman Hutzler is here. He's finishing the season. I don't have time right now to go through the due diligence of hiring anybody or even be concerned about that. So, um, you know, we're, we're focused on what we got to do right now. Great. You just speak to your relationship with uh, Jim Harbaugh and obviously the connection with Tom Crean and kind of the meeting in New Orleans several years ago. With who? Tom Crean. In, yeah, well, Tom Crean was an assistant basketball coach for Tom Izzo when you know, I was back at Michigan State. You know, he's a good man, good friend. Uh, it's a great family, the Harbaugh family. Uh, I've known the dad. He used to help me when I was old secondary coach. And, um, you know, his brother John are great football people, so – Got a lot of respect for the entire family, and you know Tom Crean is you know part of that family. Uh, has Kool Aid progressed through the concussion protocol, and is he back? Yeah, he is. He's doing fine. Go to Joe. Got any follow up? Coach, when you get into preparing for Michigan, they've shown a trick player too uh, almost every week offensively. How do those wrinkles influence what you do uh, defensively from a preparation standpoint? Well, I, I think that you know they do a really good job on offense. Um, you know, week to week, they've got a pretty good plan formationally in terms of their ability to go out and give you some different looks. And, you know, it's a challenge for the players to have the discipline and the eye control to look at the right things so that, you know, when those kind of plays come up, you're in position to play them. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that they do it any more than, you know, anybody else that we play. I, I just think it's a good part of your offense to be able to have some of those things that complement some of the things you do down in and down out. Yeah, Coach, last time we talked to you, you said you were going to kind of hold office hours for some of your players to see if they want to talk about their future and stuff like that. How did those conversations go? Um, you know, I did talk to the, all the players after the Georgia game, but, you know, what I talk to players about really is not for public consumption. I mean, you know, there's some things that I think are still sacred on a team, 
And if you want to talk to a guy about his future, that should be sacred. You know, um, if he wants to share uh, his feelings with you, you know, I think you should ask him. All right. Thank you. I'm glad that we aired it in its entirety because he is focused, very focused. And we may have lost Lars. Yeah, no, hey, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. Right. We, we've is, got some technical uh, it, confusion. Yeah, here. we got so some echoes go ahead going and take on a break, here. And we'll be back with more Big Noon Sports. Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Sunshine in full supply this afternoon. The high at 49. Tonight, another freeze. The sky clear. The low at 29. Then look for a warming trend tomorrow and Thursday. The sky sunny both days. The high tomorrow 54. The high Thursday 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Hey, Lars, I just think more than any information was passed along, particularly on George Hilo. He will be there through the first of the year. Nothing is known extended past that time, particularly concerning uh, Alabama's Coleman Hutzler, who is going to become the D.C. at Mississippi State. Also uh, found it interesting that uh, he's really said progress was being made with Jace McClellan. Kool-Aid's okay. But more than the information that Nick Saban passed along in that news conference yesterday, I think it was what noticed, I noticed the most, Lars, was his demeanor. Yeah. Uh, he definitely had a edge to him, an edge in his voice, and um, he is in game mode already. And uh, you know, this is what this is uh, this is go time for him. This is this is when he is at its at his best, and um, you know they're spending again. They, they've had to spend a lot of time on the road recruiting, as he mentioned, and also you have to almost re-recruit some of your own guys who may be considering going into the portal. And, uh, and then you have to be looking into the portal yourself to see if there's areas of need that, uh, that need, that, that you want to address. I think, uh, offensive line is one place where they, Alabama might be looking into the, into the portal just to, to boost the, the depth. 
but uh, certainly good news on uh, on Kool Aid being out of uh, the the protocol, and also uh, if McClellan McClellan can play. And I, I was just thinking about this, Matt. You know, Alabama has not had a a ton of injuries, suffered a ton of injuries this year. Uh, and, uh, they've, they've been pretty lucky on that front. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree 100% because they've had seasons where quarterbacks played banged up and gee, there was three or four years ago, maybe even longer than that, where Alabama went through a full set of linebackers and was going to threes. So that's an interesting and a, and a really good observation, Lars. Yes, they have been pretty fortunate on the injury yeah i mean and you look at you know michigan as we talked about yesterday um they lost uh, one of their best offensive linemen who broke his leg in the uh ohio state game and so michigan's had to have to kind of to reshuffle their offensive line which has clearly been a strength for them this year um and it's 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 not it's not real easy, you know, just to, to, even though you may have a lot of the same pieces, but when you put them in different places, uh, it, it's not like you have a, a, a chemistry right away, even though again, it's the same players because you have different assignments. So, um, I mean, I think, I think that's something to, to keep an eye on with Michigan, uh, in, in, in this game and, and, uh, like I said, we we went over uh, in detail Bruce Feldman's terrific story on the Athletic, or, or at the Athletic about uh, how he interviewed uh, numerous coaches from the Big Ten, granted them anonymity, and pretty much every coach uh, they were universal in saying that uh, Michigan's going to have to play a near perfect game for them to beat Alabama, even though as we are talking. Michigan is is the favorite and uh it's just I just as we talked about again it's not a great matchup for Michigan their weakest position group is wide receiver Alabama's strongest position group is corner is safety and so what's this going to enable Alabama to do most likely is uh, just put more guys up towards the line of scrimmage and put your all-American, all-American corner number one and all-American corner number two on a, a couple of wide receivers who, you know, are middle of the pack guys in the Big Ten and, and see who wins there. And uh, th- that could create problems for Michigan because Michigan, they're a run-first team. They're, it's power football. And this is going to be classic sort of Big Ten football versus SEC football. And what uh, coaches have told me, both in the SEC, in the NFL, and in, in other leagues around the country, what separates the SEC from every other conference for the most part, it is the defensive ends and the defensive tackles. They are just so much bigger and faster than everywhere else in the country. And I just, I don't think Michigan has faced a defensive line anywhere near as talented as Alabama. And then you have the terrific linebackers and then you have the really uh, amazing corners and safeties. Uh, so Matt, again, just to reiterate what we talked about yesterday, 
not a great matchup for Michigan, at least as in in our first analysis, right? I mean, we're going to dig deeper into it, but but at, at, at sort of first blush, at, at, at first reading, it, it just doesn't look like it's a favorable situation for Michigan. Would you? Well, Vegas it? Vegas thinks differently, which is which is odd. But every it time I. Every time I go, hey, why is that line that or what's the over? I remember that lines are not based on team quality. They are to a certain extent. Lines are set to influence and attract betters. And that's what you you have to always remember that they're not really interested in whether or not, you know, certain team has momentum going in here or what they're and, and they do consider all of that. The main reason is to get your dollar out there, and that's why they set lines. And uh, I'm not sure that is emphasized enough. Speaking of defensive linemen, Alabama has picked up their first player that I know of in the transfer portal, LT Overton. He is a 6'5", 265-pound defensive tackle. He's coming from Jumbo, Texas A&M. He was part of that very, very popular recruiting class, and he is out of there. He did play both games against Alabama, did not mark as far as the stat sheets are concerned. He did accumulate 48 tackles over two years. He's a big-time five-star coming out of high school. Now he's going to Alabama. I think it's interesting to note as well that his father, Milton Overton, was uh, with Alabama's uh, administration in football. In athletics, he was associate athletics director at Alabama from 2009 to 2015. Of course, that all came in the Saban era. And this is something else we'll talk about that with uh, the Bone later on, with Andrew Bone. But also, uh, Alabama received a commitment a little while ago from Rayshon Ross, uh, an athlete edge rusher, a 6'4 and 220. And again, Andrew Bone will be with us Next hour, about an hour from now, and uh, in just a few minutes, we'll go to Mike Rodak, and we'll talk to him. But uh, there are a lot of things swirling around in the world of sports, and not the least of which, just a quick comment, because I know you were watching last night. Let's go to the break and talk about Jalen Hurts, and he's hurt. He is doesn't think his team is committed as they lost to come from behind victory scored by the Seahawks 20-17. to this Eagles team is not the one the last three weeks that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and uh, he was not feeling well last night. You could tell. Uh, guy's a gamer, though. Um, you know, he had, the, he had the flu and even flew up on a, uh, a, a jetted up on a separate plane uh, for the game. But uh, back to LT Overton really quick. Huge get for Alabama. Former five-star, as you mentioned, 24-7 Sports has him ranked as the number two ranked uh, defensive lineman in the transfer portal. And he mentioned his dad worked in the athletic department. And his mom also worked in athletic administrations at Alabama. So uh, he knows his way around the campus. And, um, and you know, Freddie Roach just does such a good job recruiting. Gosh, he, is, uh, he, he does a, a, an incredible job. So... Uh, a, a good get for Alabama. And, of course, we're going to have to talk about Dylan Rayola. We're going to have to talk about him. Because indirectly, this impacts Alabama. The fact that Dylan Rayola, who many consider to be uh, the number one or number two recruit in the country, just flipped from Georgia to 
Nebraska. I guess you're not happy about that. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No, I, I, really, back, no, I want and I, I wanted to ask you, and, and I'm, we'll get into this later. Can one player be a program changing player? I think certainly. Um, if if not just them personally and athletically, they serve as a fulcrum to attract others. So you yeah. bet. You better believe it. All right, uh, let's come back and let's talk with 24, Bama 24-7's own Mike Rodak on Big Noon Sports. Calling all a Champion Troy meets Duke in the 76 Birmingham Bowl on December 23rd at Protective Stadium. Tickets are on sale now starting at just $30. The pregame festivities kick off December 22nd at the Bud Light Fan Fest pep rally at Uptown with live music, team pep rallies, and everything else you need to get in the game day spirit. This season, fill your holidays with good cheer. Get tickets and more information at BirminghamBowl.com. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Presented by Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. Welcome back to the program. And also from Bama 24-7 is Mike Rodak. I'm glad that we were able to kind of grab him here. Because did you not just finish up interviewing players? Mike? Happens this year. Malachi Moore, uh, Jalen Milrow, and Dallas Turner. So kind of a quick week um you know nick saban talked last night and does a signing day press conference tomorrow but then you know it's kind of shut down for for christmas and then we'll reconvene in uh pasadena um next wednesday will kind of be the beginning of things for the rose bowl mike uh matt and i were just talking about uh the the injury situation at alabama would you agree that Alabama's been somewhat fortunate this year in in the amount of injuries or the lack of injuries that they have uh, sustained? Yeah, they definitely have. In fact, I think Nick Saban even mentioned that it was probably around the Kentucky game, I think. I remember him saying that, that, you know, they've been pretty fortunate as far as, you know, the bigger season-ending, multiple-month type of injuries. I mean, they've had some nicked up guys missed time here and there um defensively you know you know Deontay Lawson missed a couple games Trez Marshall missed a game um you know Malachi Moore missed the game um obviously Jason McClellan on offense just missed the SEC championship game but that's kind of small stuff you know twisted ankles that sort of thing um in terms of like the ACL type injuries they've they've been pretty fortunate not this not just this year but um, really the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes people look too much into trends and, um, you know, assign blame or credit a little bit too much to, um, you know, the strength staff or whatever it might be. You know, I think people, um, you know, probably got on some of the, the staff members too much after the injuries, you know, Dylan Moses and Josh McMillan and Trey Sanders before the 2019 season. Like, I, I don't think that's anybody's fault necessarily. I think you can try to avoid some of those things with the way you train and the way you practice. And Alabama has all the technology to do that. Sometimes it's just bad luck. I mean, the Jameson Williams ACL injury to national championship game was bad luck, just the way he landed. And, you know, maybe you can blame the turf field that they played on. Uh, John Mechie's ACL is on the turf field and the land on too. So, um, you know, they've avoided those sort of big injuries, and that's obviously a 
big reason why they are where they are. And, you know, if you lose Jordan Travis, for instance, that, that obviously is going to make a pretty big difference um, on how you play in the field and, and how you're, you're ranked and all that. So, um, yeah, knock on wood, you know, certainly for their case, um, because as we remember 2021, they were in the same spot. You beat Georgia, you get into the playoff. Um, and then, you know, you lose John Mechie in, in that SEC championship game, but then, you, you know, you lost Jamison Williams too. So, um, you know, they'll be playing on a grass field at the Rose Bowl, which will help. Um, and then Houston is a, a turf field in the Dome if they make the national championship. Mike, uh, you mentioned you were visiting with the players. I think all Alabama's All-Americans were there. Not to steal any of your headlines, because I know you will be posting stories on Bama 24-7, but uh, did you get anything special out of them, and what was their demeanor? Yeah, I mean, they're they're focused. Um, you know, it's kind of the, the guys that are used to talking to us, but, um, you know, I was walking out the front door of the building, and Dallas Turner was certainly locked in uh you know i don't think he was breaking stride too much so you know you can read into all that but um you know it's the same same sort of guys saying the same sort of stuff i think you know one of the things that is interesting to me and you know i'm sure to you guys as well is that we all kind of remember the rose bowl game in 2009 that technically wasn't the rose bowl it's a national championship game in the rose bowl alabama texas 2009 then you start asking some of these guys and they were pretty young i mean they were um five six seven years old um for the for that game you know back in in well early 2010 um so you know they remember it but it's like it's a, it's a pretty distant memory for some of these guys uh that first national title win of, of the next statement era but um obviously the first time that they've been to the rose bowl uh, as a team since then mike what are your uh uh, just uh, initial thoughts as you begin to really dig into this matchup with Michigan. Yeah, I mean, it's and players have said this too, where it's there's not really a good comparison in terms of who Alabama's played. It's, it's a unique team um, relative to what they've kind of seen in the SEC. I mean, Kentucky is loosely the the closest team, I think, in style offensively, but there's still not a great comparison. Um, you know, they're a team that's going to line up, you know, multiple tight ends, offensive tackles, et cetera, and try to run the ball. And, you know, it's, they're going to try to win in a phone booth. They're going to try to win with strength. They're going to try to push you over. And, um, you know, I think Alabama, from a talent standpoint, from a size standpoint, I think is certainly capable of standing up to that. And, you know, they, they've done it. You know, against Kentucky this year, they certainly did. Against some better running teams, they did this year. Against Auburn, they really didn't. Um, so, you know, if a team's just running or lining up against you and just running the ball and, and trying to win that way, that's kind of what Michigan's going to do. And if Michigan can stay out of the third and longs and um, keep the ball out of J.J. McCarthy's hands in, in, you know, tough situations where the pass rush can get after him, that that's going to be their their goal. Um, and then defensively, Michigan's the best defense I'd say they they faced this year. I mean, the number one defense in the country. Um, so it's you know trying to again, this is not an Alabama offense that is going to put up 40, 50 points against this Michigan defense. I don't think we're going to see that. Um, this is still an Alabama offense that has some explosive ability in them, but they're not as explosive as they once were. Um, so how does that match up? against what Michigan does best, which, you know, Michigan has strengths all across their defense. I don't know if necessarily their front seven is better than their secondary or uh, vice versa, but it's, 
it's the best defense they've played and it's the best running team that they've played. But you know, I, it's certainly not the best quarterback that they've played so far this year. A lot on the running games here, and that most notably is the way Michigan just pounds the ball over and over and over. Uh, they don't throw because I think, honestly, they can't throw. Uh, no no real talent. I say talent. Uh, nothing special at the wide receiver slot. All right, I'll get to my question here. Uh, over the season, the Alabama defensive line has gotten better, better, and better. Are they good enough now to face just what is just a monster running game? Yeah, I think that that's going to be the big question. Um, I, I do think they've they've gotten better. Justin Boyby's had a great season. Uh, obviously, Tim Keenan's played really well. You know, Jaheim Otis has been banged up with his knee, and you know, probably not nearly as as effective as I think people thought he would be this year. Um, but they've gotten good play out of Tim Smith, and they've gotten good play out of Damon Payne. So, you know, they're going to need probably more than the usual numbers because you know there's some plays or some opponents for Alabama is really only going to play two defensive linemen um, and just kind of rotate two guys through. This is going to be more where we're going to see three or even four in some cases. Uh, so they're going to need that defensive line depth to show up. Again, Damon Payne and Jamarian Latham and um, kind of, you know, James Smith, the freshman, they're probably going to see some different uniform numbers out there that fans might not be used to seeing. Um, and that's going to play a big role in this game. You know, again, it's it's a phone booth type of game. It's going to be a line of scrimmage type of game. Um, can you stop the run? Can you force Michigan into third and longs? That's that's going to be the name of it for them. Um, but you know, it, it's a defensive line that's good. Like I, I don't think it's this defensive line isn't what it was five six years ago with Jonathan Allen and Quinnen Williams and having game records in the middle. And I think they're still trying to find those guys and. Um, you know, LT Overton, the, the Texas A&M transfer that just committed to Alabama today, I think is, is kind of a, a swing at that, um, of, of getting a, you know, pretty athletic, you know, really good talent, um, uh, to play along your defensive line next year. Uh, but for this game in particular, again, I think it's, it's just in the Boyd's time to shine, uh, cause he's really been their best defensive lineman. Mike, what do you think the value is of uh, enrolling early, especially for someone like Julian Sain? And uh, we talked about this uh, yesterday, how when Jalen Hurts enrolled early, uh, he ended up playing the role of Deshaun Watson and really helped uh, Alabama's uh, um, defense prepare. Um, do you have any idea what, what, uh, Sands role will be? And also just sort of the bigger picture. What, what is the value of it? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of value. In fact, it's, it's pretty much become the norm, you know, just like early signing day has become signing day. Uh, it's become, you know, pretty standard now for guys to enroll, enroll early. And that's, I think the case with over a dozen of, of their uh, signees that are going to sign tomorrow on national signing day is a lot of them are already at practice. Um, so it's, uh, not just Julian saying, but you know, there's across the board, a lot of these guys are enrolling early. It gets them in the door in terms of getting their bodies in the conditioning system, um, and, and getting them to where they need to be there. And then mentally, you know, you're in all these meetings during these practices, you're picking up the system, you're learning from the guys around you. Um, so it's invaluable and it's not just this bowl prep that they get to practice. It's also the spring. So you're adding another uh, whatever it is, 15 practices in the spring plus the spring game. And that puts you pretty far ahead of the guys who come in in August, you know, the late enrollees, if you will, as it is now. That used to be the normal enroll- enrollment period for these guys. But 
Uh, again, there's only four guys last year that enrolled um, in August, and none of them have played. And again, one of those was the kicker, Connor Talty, which, again, you're not going to play if Will Reichard's um, kicking. But the two outside linebackers, who are both five stars, Keon Keeley and Yonze Pierre, have not played this year. And Nick Saban's brought up um, you know, them enrolling in the summer as kind of putting them behind the eight ball. Um, and the same thing with uh, Richard Young, who hasn't really played at running back either. So, um, again, I think in Alabama has its way. These guys will get in early. Sometimes it's not always possible with some of their high school administrative stuff and the academics and all that. But, uh, you know, Julian Stane is here, and he's been practicing since Saturday. And, um, you know, we're obviously in a situation here where Jalen Miller is your starter next year. I don't think there's any question about that. But getting Stane those reps and kind of getting him up to speed so that he might be able to play in, you know, some moments next year, you know, non-conference blowout type of games, and then potentially, you know, position himself to be the starter in 2025. That that goes a long way. A uh, couple questions, technically, uh, about these early enrollees. Um, are they, when they, well, I guess, are all players available tomorrow? Can they start receiving um, NIL money and do these early enrollees, do they go to the game? Um, dress, but right, yeah, they they don't dress. Um, they were at the Sugar Bowl last year. Uh, all the Berlin okay. Rollies, or most of them at least. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll be at the playoff game. And I'm trying to remember from two years ago how many guys were there. But again, it's it's all kind of become standard now. So I would imagine that we'll see them there in some capacity. Um, as far as the NIL stuff, I believe they can't until they sign. Um. Then there's also some of these high school rules, though, you know, where some states are passing laws to allow high schoolers to get NAL money. Um, So I I think it might vary in terms of where they're from and and what the law is, you know, when they're in high school. Um, But, you know, in terms of the letter of the law, I I don't think, you know, from Alabama and, and their collective that it could come until tomorrow, technically. Yeah, it just keeps getting more and more confusing. As he, he, what is the old quote? You have to be a Philadelphia lawyer to figure this out. All right. Uh, let's take a break and come back. Uh, Mike, I guess I'm just assuming now that you'll go another 10 minutes with us. Is that okay? You got a Christmas Yeah, it worked. Okay. Good. Thank you. <laughs> no. Mike Rodak, Bama 24-7 on Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunshine in full supply this afternoon, the high at 49. Tonight, another freeze, the sky clear, the low at 29. We look for a warming trend tomorrow and Thursday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow 54, the high Thursday 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Our guest, Mike Rodiak from uh, Bama 24-7. Hey, what you got going on and how can people follow you, Mike? Hello? I think we may have uh, lost Mike there. But, um, you know, uh, he was saying a lot of interesting things about... We got Mike uh, back. All right. 
Yeah, Mike. Uh, yeah, H- how can uh, people follow you? In uh, what uh, what what pieces have you been working on, and what is uh, your your most recent one that has been posted? Uh, I'm sorry about that. I forgot to unmute myself after the break, so that will uh, that will happen. Um, yeah, Bama247.com on X at Mike Rodak, and you know, just getting ready for uh, for signing day um, tomorrow, which is you know, again, that's. It used to be that February was always the big signing day and, you know, these kids with the hats in front of them and all that. And it's all very much changed within the past five years. Um, but this is really one of the vast majority of these kids are signing. And like I said, a lot of them are already here. Um, so, and, and there's, you know, from a recruitment standpoint, it's not over for Alabama. They're in on a couple guys that could flip, um, you know, the Texas commit, you know, the wide receiver Aaron uh, Hampton is one of the, the guys we'll be watching tomorrow. And, um, you know, they're, they're number two right now in the overall, you know, recruiting, um, rankings for, for 2024. So, uh, big day, you know, in the recruiting world tomorrow. And, and, uh, what is the, what are the storylines that you are particularly following tomorrow? You mentioned the, uh, Texas wide receiver. Anything else? Yeah, there's, um, it, Forgive me of some of the names. I know there's uh, Edric Houston, I believe, is, is one of the players um, who are trying to see if he'll flip, uh, if he'll commit to Alabama. Um, there's there's a running back. Again, I not having covered recruiting full-time, some of these names kind of slip through me, but um, there's three or four guys that uh, either will flip or could commit to Alabama um, and add to the class that they already have, which, again, is, is right up there. Um, they're number three in terms of high school recruiting, number two in terms of overall recruiting. If you add in, you know, the transfer portal. So, um, I don't know statistically with the rankings, if they still have a shot at number one at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters. You know, they've had Alabama's had the top three or four recruiting class pretty much every year, um, under Saban. So, you know, we're talking about decimal points in some cases. And, um, you know, look, the key is it's always good to get some of these guys on signing day. The key is keeping them these days because, you know, there's already multiple players from their last class that have transferred. There's, you kind of go back through the years, like it's 50% or higher um, in terms of guys transferring after two or three years. So um, big day in terms of securing some of these guys as freshmen, but then you have to keep them happy, uh, which may or may not mean playing time and um, you try to keep them for a couple of years. Want to go back to the Nick Saban news conference? Uh, when asked about the Michigan sign stealing, he really just cut it off. He said, "We're really not concerned about that." Well, I haven't won any national championships, much less a college football game. That would concern me. I mean, how deep does this go? Uh, I don't think that they certainly couldn't see into the future that they were going to play Alabama, but if they're going to go to the extent that I understand. I would think they'd already, you know, probably uh, sent somebody down with the phone camera. Does it, am I am I off base on that? I mean, I, I would think that um, if there's been a change, it's already happened. You know, I think once this all broke, and that was probably what October. Um, every school in the country that you know could play Michigan or would play Michigan probably changed what they were doing. Um, so you know, Good it's. Point. I want to say it's old, but like, I, I think Alabama's already kind of gone through that and figured out, you know, what do we have to change? And, you know, there's, it's not like, I'm sure Michigan's not the only school that's ever done it. Um, I'm sure there's other schools that have done it a little bit, 
you know, quieter and more carefully. Um, and it's not like, you know, this is the only time where they have to change signals. I mean, you played Texas and Steve Sarkeesian and you played Lane Kiffin. You played guys who have coached there, Pete Golding and Ole Miss, like the, that kind of know what you do. And then on the flip side, Alabama comes in with Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele, who are new coordinators and they have put in new signals and different things. So, you know, I, I, it's it, to me, I think just listening to Nick Saban last night, he's basically saying we've probably already handled that. Like that's been a couple months ago. And quite frankly, it may not matter because even if Michigan was scouting Alabama in person at the SEC championship game last year, which I think they were, it sounds like by all reports that they were, I don't know how much carryover there is from whatever they gleaned, you know, a year ago um, to what they're going to do at the Rose Bowl. But look, I mean, even if you're Alabama, you can try to play the game a little bit and see if they'll, uh, if there's decoy stuff that you think they'll jump on that they think they know and make it something else. I mean, you can kind of play the game the other direction too. And uh, I know we haven't had a chance to talk Alabama hoops much and we don't have much time, but, uh, just uh, coming off of the the, the tough loss uh, at Creighton in uh, in Omaha, where, where, where does the team stand right now? And, and I know they got a big big test coming up. Yeah, they'll be uh, in Arizona. You know, tomorrow night, technically a, a neutral site game, but they're they're playing in Phoenix against Arizona, so it's basically a road game. And um, you know, Arizona will, will return to favor next year when they come to Birmingham. So. Um, you know, number four team in the country. Arizona was number one last week. They lost to Purdue, uh, but really talented with Caleb Love, the uh, North Carolina transfer. Obviously, Jade Bradley, who was here last year. So another tough game that Alabama's defense is still the number one issue to Nate Oates. That's what they need to fix the most. And um, to me, I'm still looking for where is Grant Nelson? Where is Aaron Estrada? Like these guys who yeah. came in as transfers. I think we need to see more out of them. I think they've been good, but I think they need to be better, especially in a high-level game like this. Well, they were really good the first two or three games of the year, but when the competition has stiffened, so have uh, their contributions have been <laughs> been less. So, anyway, uh, have a great Christmas, uh, and next time we talk to you, you may be in Pasadena. Lucky you. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Mike Rodak from Bama 24-7. Just another note, what we got coming up on Saturday at 11 o'clock in Birmingham at Protective Stadium. That is the 76th Birmingham Bowl featuring Troy and Duke. Ought to be a great game. I'm looking at the weather forecast. Uh, the high of that day is 65 and sunny. Uh, we're going to get some cold weather leading up to it, but Saturday's going to be a great game to grab your three children, your three grandchildren, and go downtown Enjoy Uptown. Grab something to eat after or before and uh, see a great football game. Go to BirminghamBowl.com. Get your ticket now. Hey, Jen. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. 
Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Connecting one to... WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa. A Town Square Media Station. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Brian Fenley. Aaron Rodgers reveals on the Pat McAfee show that he hasn't been medically cleared yet, with that more likely happening three to four weeks from now. The Atlanta Falcons proceeding with quarterback Taylor Heineke as their starter at quarterback, and they are demoting Des Ritter. Jaguars signed quarterback E.J. Perry to the practice squad since Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol. The Panthers are releasing four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Justin Houston. The NBA fining Rockets for Dylan Brooks $35,000 for cursing at an official and for criticizing the officiating. Well, Ime Udoka is docked $25,000 for swearing at a referee. These transactions took place in the Bucks Rockets game back on December 17th. And the Pelicans and Grizzlies played tonight at 7.30 Eastern time, marking the season debut for John Morant. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter here along with Lars Anderson. And we have Justin Haynes at the controls. And uh, not necessarily a criticism, just an observation. But the guy that just did the Fox update sounded like he was on All Things Considered. Okay. Reaction? Did I miss it? Did no, that was that was that was good. Okay, that I was just good. That was uh, uh, that was a NPR uh, moment there. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, hey Lars, I want to I want to just take off out of the top of the hour, unprepared for you, but you've got this. You're an NFL guy, but I was listening to a report Sunday. I was driving back, and this guy did a really good breakdown of the Texans. And started talking about D'Amico Ryans. We haven't talked enough about him. He has done, and you know this, you're keeping up with the NFL far more than I am. But I've been keeping up, keeping up enough to know this guy's got it. He's got the yeah. quarterback that can do it. He might, as a rookie, lead them to postseason. Yeah, and uh, they were without C.J. Stroud last week and uh, with a, um, uh, a backup quarterback, they were still able to win a very important game. But what has struck me most, uh, well, C.J. Stroud, like he is special. He is very, very special. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't fault the Panthers at the time. For taking Bryce Young over Stroud, uh, all of us were concerned about, uh, you know, uh, Bryce's uh, stature and build. But uh, he's just gotten no help. You know, they have no offensive weapons. They have no offensive line. The poor kid is just running for his life. Um, but he actually played decent this last week. Uh, but CJ Stroud's on a whole different level. And, uh, it, it certainly now appears that he was more, he's just more the prototypical 
NFL quarterback than Bryce uh, with uh, the really big arm, and Bryce has a big arm, but just the the stature, and he's sort of got everything you're looking for. Um, what I was, what I've been surprised by is his accuracy and just his, his tenacity. But when it comes to uh, uh, the head coach Ryan's former Alabama player, man, he has them playing with violence on defense. I mean. When, uh, you know, I watched every snap of the, of the Bengals Texans game earlier this year, and it was a key game for, for both teams. And, uh, I just was amazed, like from the very first snap, Matt, hey, their defense just pushed Cincinnati around and, and just the, uh, the intensity. And again, the, the word that just keeps popping the descriptive word is, is violence. Like these guys play hard, really hard. And Will Anderson. I like the way he played. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and Will Anderson is going to be so good. He's already really good, but he, he is going to be, um, I, I think, uh, like an NFL defensive player of the year, uh, somewhere down the line, you know, in maybe two or three years. He is just, uh, that special. And to get Stroud and Anderson in the same draft, I mean, what a way to, you, you got anchors on both sides of the ball and you're a rookie head coach. And I mean, I think you could already, uh, you could argue that CJ Stroud is playing at a higher level than, uh, Deshaun Watson ever did with the Texans. And so I just, uh, couldn't be more impressed. I, I'm pretty sure he'll be the, uh, the, the coach of the year and, uh, deservedly so. If, even if the Texans don't make the playoffs, uh, just to go from, a team that was completely irrelevant, uh, a bottom feeder in the NFL, to now being a team that uh, is competing for not just a, a playoff spot, but uh, to win their division. Just a remarkable one-year turnaround. Indeed. I mean, he may have the rookie player of the year on offense and defense. In fact, I think he does. Um Breaking news. This just came down the pipe. The line on the Michigan-Alabama game has moved to two. Mm. <laughs> Move back up. It's That's interesting. Move from minus one to minus two for Michigan. Um, I guess. And uh, as I said, they're based, you know, they base these lines to get people to bet, but... Um, it just seems like it. when I read the headline, I thought, okay, it's gone to pick them. Well, no, that yeah. shows you how much I know. Um, okay, so coming up next, we're going to have Andrew Bone, who is uh, the top recruiting analyst uh, in, in in recruiting reporter in the state, I believe. And uh, but I, I just want to give a quick overview of the of the 2024 class and and kind of what we know right now um heading into national signing day uh so 16 prospects in the espn's uh top 300 are still uncommitted uh all 20 of the five-star prospects have committed 
And so in, in Alabama now, uh, with the decision of, of Ryan Williams, wide receiver, who's number nine overall, and he was third in the class of 2025, and he decided to reclassify uh, into the class of 2024. So Alabama now has the number nine overall player, uh, the number, uh, let's see, uh, excuse me, uh, Jalen Mbakwe, uh, who is uh, number two overall, a corner. Uh, Julian Sane, the quarterback that we've been talking about, number three overall. So Alabama uh, has more five stars, three, than any other program. And then you have Georgia that has two, and Auburn also has two in wide receiver Cameron Coleman and defensive end Javante Walker. Um, and uh, and again, the uh, the um, the top three quarterbacks in this cycle are are saying. And then Dylan Rayola, who we talked about, just flipped from Georgia to Nebraska. And then DJ Lagway, who's number 17 overall, going to Florida. And they're all five-star prospects. Um, and uh, so th- there's still uh, a lot of a lot at stake. Um, not necessarily for Alabama. I mean, it looks like, uh, again, a, a top three uh, recruiting class. It looks like Georgia probably is going to lock down the number one recruiting class. Um, but uh, I think uh, the most surprising in the top eight is uh, Florida State. But uh, I think you can attribute that to their recent uh, success. And then, again, there's several um, uh, several players in the, in the top 100 who we still are waiting to see where they'll where 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 they will sign and uh we'll have andrew bone on to answer those questions and we get back matt and the first question out of the box for me is going to be concerning ryan williams because uh, even though he reclassified I heard that the old Auburn Tigers were knocking on that door once again. We'll talk to the Bone recruiting great. Andrew Bone is coming up on Big News Sports. Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker who's as roll-tied as houndstooth will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunshine in full supply this afternoon, the high at 49. Tonight, another freeze, the sky clear, the low at 29. We look for a warming trend tomorrow and Thursday, the sky sunny both days. The high tomorrow 54, the high Thursday 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. 
This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Union Home Mortgage. Let's go to Digger and then we'll catch up with Andrew Bone. In from Louisiana. How are you, sir? Hey, real quick. About Rodak. Louisiana Any, anybody? Yeah, he's the head no. coach at Wisconsin and he's an analyst. Okay? He broke down a lot of tape and there was a uh, at the Alabama game. There was fine stealing there. So I just find it really, really interesting that Saban didn't want to talk about it. Okay? So I'm not accusing. It was brought up in Texas. And they said, yeah, suspicious. And it was just to look into it. And they went ahead and changed their signal. Okay? The guy got on the tape. He was crunching tape. And he said, did you know that Alabama was stealing your sign? And he didn't know. Stark Eaton said, we sent in dummy plays. And he said, they even know you're dummy clay. He said, well, we can't go that far. So I'm just letting you know. I know y'all hung up on the sign stealing thing. And there's a lot of cheating going on. But it's everywhere. So don't bring Texas and Ole Miss into it either. I'll let you go. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Who are you saying this information? Oh, he's gone. Let's go to Andrew Bone. I really don't know how to take that, and I didn't hear enough to really form an opinion. Let's go to Andrew Bone. Andrew, got all your Christmas shopping done? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to get it wrapped up. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I I dabbled last night, and it sent me scurrying home for the bottle. I'm just kidding, not really, but uh, it's a madhouse out there. While I used to compete. Um, I'm in the senior league now. My, <laughs> that's where I am, guys. So, all right, Bone. My first question is about something I guess I heard earlier today. Is that is there some waffling on Ryan Williams or not? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, for those that don't know, Ryan Williams, the uh, five-star wide receiver, reclassified from the uh, 25 to 2024 class uh, last week. Uh, he has been committed to Alabama for over a year, committed to last October, and has been a really solid commitment, you know, really ever since then. Um, and when I say solid commitment, that doesn't mean he's not taking visits, but he's come out and said, hey, I'm going to always take visits. I was going to enjoy the process. Um, you know, probably has gone to at least one school, probably more than Alabama fans, uh, wish he would. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that Ryan is pretty confident and comfortable with his commitment to Alabama. Um, you know, as of right now, he does plan on waiting until the late period to sign his letter of intent. Now, he, if he wanted to, he could go ahead and sign. There was, just, uh, there was all these rumors that kind of go around and say, oh, well, there was no way that uh, he could sign anyway. Well, he could. He can He can sign to, uh, tomorrow if he wants to, but he's also 16 years old. He hasn't really gone to a ton of places outside of the state of Alabama. Now he has gone to Georgia a couple times, visited LSU uh, once, but you know he's not going to go through this whole recruiting process next year as a senior, or you take official visits and you know get uh, get a lot of love and attention from a lot of schools. So he wants to take those official visits. He wants to enjoy that. He wants to go to places that he's never been before. Um, you know he's mentioned. 
Texas. His teammate, K.J. Lacey, is committed to Texas. He's been wanting to go out there and check them out. Uh, he's mentioned trying to get out to the West Coast and see Oregon, maybe USC. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's Alabama, and I, I think that Auburn obviously is in it because they've been able to host him. Uh, I think he's been there four times since August. Now, he's been to Tuscaloosa uh, six or seven times since August, and you know, he continues to say all the right things as far as where he stands with his commitment, and we have no reason to doubt him. I mean, he says he's 100% solid, and um, you know, until he says something different, we're going to trust him. Andrew, give us a uh, breakdown of the guys that Alabama is still in on who are going to be making a decision here very shortly with signing day tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, Alabama currently sits with the number two recruiting class in the country, according to On3 Sports. Uh, we will have our final predictions at BamaOnline.com uh, later this evening. And there's a lot of guys that are still out there, which is kind of crazy. I was talking to uh, you know, our staff today, and you know, it, it's just kind of crazy going into this afternoon, and there's probably six or seven guys that a lot of people just don't know where they're going to end up going um, as far as Alabama targets are concerned. And, you know, we obviously talked to, you know, our sources at Alabama. We talked to sources uh, in you know, Georgia, in Tennessee, in Louisiana, in Florida. And, you know, there's a lot of kids that people just don't know what's going to happen because the, I think a lot of these kids are still communicating with staff and still having, uh, you know, really intense discussions and you know that's going to happen especially in the world that we live in now with the with nil um with the transfer portal because there's you know i I think at this juncture people don't think about the transfer portal having an effect on high school kids but it does um you know you're recruiting a a top-end high school player uh who wants to come in who wants to compete right now and you've been recruiting that guy for you know, eight, nine months telling them, hey, you're going to have a great opportunity to come in. And then all of a sudden you get a commitment at his position from the transfer portal that might be a a big time star that's certainly going to take playing time. Now, every freshman is not going to play, but there are there's certainly some guys out there that they want to have that opportunity and they've been told they're going to have that opportunity. So, that's a factor in a lot of the decisions that are coming up. But as far as Alabama is concerned, um, you know, they're, I think they're going to have a big day. Um, there's two running backs that we're keeping a very close eye on. Both were in Tuscaloosa last weekend. Uh, Kevin Riley, um, who is from Tuscaloosa County High School, been committed to Miami since the summer, but Alabama's been really pushing hard there, and I think they had a great time in Tuscaloosa over the weekend. Miami just got a running back com- uh, commitment last night. So I think there's some momentum there with Alabama. Uh, Jaden Ball, who is a uh, who was a former Arkansas commitment until last night, uh, he decommitted from the Razorbacks, and this is, this is coming down to Alabama and Florida. Visited both schools over the last two weekends and you know heading into this evening this is a uh certainly a tight race now perry thompson you know, auburn commitment former alabama commit says he's going to make a final decision on uh on wednesday had in-home visit last week with nick saban on thursday met with the auburn staff uh earlier that week i you know he's keeping a, probably a you know 
a lot of people on their toes right now, especially in Auburn. I, I think on the Alabama side, it's more of, you know, probably not going to happen. It would be a, you know, probably a big shock. But, you know, Perry shocked people before. I mean, he shocked Alabama when <laughs> when he flipped his commitment during the summer. So, uh, you never know what might happen with Perry. He could have a change of heart at the last minute. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I'm not really expecting anything uh anything major there you know there's some defensive linemen who are out there that Alabama is certainly pressing hard for I think the one guy that I would say Alabama has the best chance to land uh is Steve uh Malua out of Canada he's originally from um Cameroon moved to uh moved to Canada when he was 12 years old been living there and uh 19 now so he's um you know, he he's one of Alabama's top targets on the defensive front has been since the summer. Uh, he'll make a decision tomorrow. And then Edric Houston, uh, this is another kid that was a surprise visitor for Alabama this past weekend. You know we hadn't really talked much about him since uh, during the summer. He made a commitment to Ohio State in August, uh, but Alabama was in number two school on his list back then, and he made a surprise trip to Tuscaloosa had a great time uh i don't know if it was you know just kind of doing a, a you know uh, taking a final look just to make sure he felt like he was making the right decision his parents didn't come with him he was with a coach but you know, parents are always going to be behind him um you know no matter what i don't think they were pressing him to go to ohio state or pressing him to you know stay home even though you know, probably would prefer him staying a little bit closer to home so we'll see what happens on uh, on Wednesday. He's going to make that final decision tomorrow morning. Uh, I think Ohio State side you know, feels probably a little bit better than Alabama does at this time, but uh, there's uh, there's still several hours left before uh, before he makes that final decision. Oh, yeah. So a lot of conversations still happening. What was the young man's name from Cameroon? Uh, Steve uh, Bua Malua. Wow, what an odd first name. Uh, moving along, um, LT Overton, 6'5", 265-pound defensive tackle from Texas A&M, is transferred to Alabama. Can you give us the insight on him? He, of course, is a part of that amazing signing class that uh, Jimbo had two years ago. Yeah, so LT Overton is a, um, you you know, a big pickup from the transfer portal for Alabama today. Um, you know, he, he's a really intriguing player because um, played in the state of Alabama early on in his career, then moved, played at uh, Milton High School in Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, he is a kid that reclassified. He was supposed to be a member of the 2023 class. Texas A&M talked him into reclassifying being in the 2022 class. Goes to Texas A&M, 280 pounds once he gets there. Well, they talked him into losing a bunch of weight and being an edge player for them. I think he played it you know, in the 255 range. And now he is going through this recruiting process again. You know, Alabama likes him as a defensive lineman. So they got to get that weight up. But he is a, you know, high upside player he's an elite player um that has a lot of skill um you know he had i think 20 sacks one season during his uh, uh you know during i think during his sophomore or junior season i mean he is an explosive kid and 
I think you know, he needed to go somewhere where he could get a little bit more developed and be in a system that um, you know can really uh, help him, can really coach him, and put him in a in a place where he can have success you know, after college. I, I don't think A and M was doing that for him. I, I don't think he probably feels that way either. I think he, he felt like you know, he probably should have been defensive lineman, even though he you know probably initially thought he was an edge guy coming out of high school because uh, he loves to rush passer. But you know, if he has NFL aspirations, I think you know defensive end is uh, is better suited for him. So he's going to get to college or get to Alabama uh, tomorrow. I mean, he's, he's getting there pretty quick. So uh, he'll get there, uh, start training cool. with the team. Won't play in the bowl game, but uh, you know, getting that um, off-season uh, program for Alabama and you know, we'll see what he looks like here in the next uh, you know, four or five months. Andrew, there's lots to talk about, but I know how busy you are. Can you hang on through the break? Maybe I can take another couple of questions. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I can do one more second. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bone will be back on Big Noon Sports. Our Big Noon Sports coming up. Andrew Bone is our guest on Big Noon Sports, presented in part by Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker. Uh, before we get back to the uh, to the recruiting trail, transfer trail, and all, we know that you're on on three dot com, but you also do some videos, do you not, with YouTube? Yeah, so our Bama Online YouTube channel, um, you know, it's just something that we do kind of for fun. Um, you know, for the Bama Online team, um, you know, but most of our, our all of our work is on BamaOnline.com, which is part of the On Three Sports Network. So you can go to Bama Online, check us out. Uh, we'll break down, you know, a few things on our YouTube channel. We have our team that you know we do different things you know, throughout the week. Uh, Travis Ryer, um, Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, Tim Watt, um, you know, all those guys are on the show. Um, we just kind of do different things. I'll go on there on Mondays, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of give a, the latest breakdown on the recruiting front. But uh, typically, most of our stuff, our bread and butter is on BamaOnline.com. Andrew, obviously the headliner of Alabama's recruiting class is quarterback Julian saying, um can you just give us sort of your your final breakdown analysis of what you saw from him his senior year? And are there any comps uh that you see with him yeah so uh julian is a um you know he's a kid that is a pocket passer but he also has the mobility to to escape and create plays and you know we kind of saw that and i don't know if this is a a a the greatest comp but he's very similar to Bryce Young in, in that aspect as far as being able to um, create on the go. Um, he's got a, a tremendous arm, uh, very accurate, and he threw um, for, I think he threw for over 2,400 yards this season, uh, but also had 24 touchdowns and only one interception. He completed uh, over 75% of his passes, so he's very accurate. Uh, very smart, um, very high football IQ. Um, 
Uh, he's already on campus along with several other commits in this 2024 class who arrived on uh, Saturday and Sunday to begin uh, practicing with the football team. I think we, I think we had maybe 13 of Alabama's uh, commits who are already on campus, or, or there might be a couple that are arriving tomorrow. But uh, you know, being able to get there, practice with the team, get ready for the bowl game. Of course, <laughs> those guys are getting thrown in the fire pretty quick because they're going, you know, they're going into practice, working on the scout team, um, playing up against a, a team that is going into the college football playoffs. I mean, this is a uh, this is going to be a, a quick little wake up call for them, but it's also great for them to be able to to get to experience that and and, and learn from these players, learn from the coaches, you know, before you know they really start their career. So it's a great great thing for them, and you know, getting Julian on campus. So he's not going to start next year, um, but you know, being able to be around Jalen Milrow during this time and um, and learn under him. And that quarterback room is going to be pretty talented here, uh, you know, in the next few years, over over the next few years. What will you do tomorrow? Do you get up? Well, do you just start at midnight? Actually, when do <laughs> they actually, when can you actually sign and send it in? Yeah, so we'll see a lot of kids um, get announced, you know, pretty early in the morning. Um, there's some international guys that Alabama will sign, um, one of their commitments is in Germany, so he'll. I'm not exactly sure what time he he will get announced. And then the guys who are already on campus, they'll get announced pretty early uh, in the morning by by the university as well. So, yeah, I mean tonight uh, at BamaOnline.com, we'll have our final thoughts about you know the uh, the kids that are still out there, and there's still, like I said, there's still a ton of kids that are uh, remaining. I think there's seven or eight guys that we're tracking um, as far as, you know, what they're going to do. Um, you know, there's obviously some commitments that are still out there that are um, not necessarily looking around, but you, you're waiting to see kind of what are they going to do tomorrow as far as signing. Um, you know, we'll have final predictions uh, this evening, but yeah, tomorrow is more about uh, creating a lot. We'll have a lot of content that will come out whenever players announce decisions. Um, you know, our, our thoughts on those players, why they committed to Alabama. Um, we will have a lot going on on our message board throughout the entire day. Uh, there'll be, you know, discussion about Alabama's class, about other classes. Does Alabama potentially finish with the top recruited class in the country? Yet again, you know, nobody was really thinking that uh, a month ago. Um, but funny how you know things quickly change. They're currently sitting at number two, and they've got some big names that they can add uh, in the next 24 hours. So it's going to be a lot of fun, um, fun watching it. But we'll have all of that covered uh, at BamaOnline.com. And um, you know, if you're not a subscriber, go check us out. I mean, it's not just recruiting; it's uh, college football, uh, basketball, uh, NFL. I mean, it's everything uh you want to know about alabama uh university of alabama sports and um i think we've got an uh, amazing team of guys over there that bring it every single day i think all of you know there's three or four of us that have been in the business for over 20 years all covered alabama so if you're an alabama fan that is the absolute place to be uh when it comes to uh uh being a part of a team website 
And I, uh, I would echo that and emphasize that as well. And I'm not paid to say that. <laughs> you guys are the absolute best. Um, okay, transfer portal. Um, and, and I don't know how much of your job now has evolved into covering the transfer portal because in a way it's a lot like recruiting, but it's not high school recruiting. But um, we saw Alabama got their first uh, transfer portal edition of 2024 in uh, Texas A&M's LT Overton. Going to give some help to the D-line. What, what other uh, uh, positions... Is Alabama going to try to bolster in the portal, do you think? And are there any guys in particular that Alabama and Nick Saban may be targeting? I think, you know, the biggest question is who's going to come back to Alabama's team next year. And I don't know if those decisions are going to be made until after the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, there could be some guys that, are, that they start looking at. And I think – once we kind of get through tomorrow as well, um, Alabama sees kind of, you know, who they end up getting uh, tomorrow, who they don't get, where they need to, you know, maybe add another player. Um, they brought in three – they brought in two edge players and a defensive lineman uh, on recruiting visits this past weekend from the transfer portal. Now, we don't expect either one of those edge guys in Alabama's class. We do, you know, as we saw today, LT Overton committed to – I think Alabama still has some interest in um, in an edge player, maybe a defensive back. Um, Damani Jackson, who has had Alabama on his short list a long time ago, I guess I say a long time ago, two years ago, um, just entered the portal from USC. Uh, you know, that might be somebody that they circle back around to. We hadn't heard his name uh, mentioned quite yet, but Alabama likes to do their due diligence on, on a lot of kids. And, you know, a lot of the guys that are entering the portal, um, you know, a lot of them are looking for big NIL deals right now. So uh, you got to try to find the, the right guys that you know may not be looking for uh, you know, for a big deal and, and just want to come in and you know compete for championships and get developed. On three sports, Andrew Baum. Thanks for your time. Stay warm over the next couple of days. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Y'all take oh, care. You bet. You bet. He's the only. He's the one and only Baum. You know, uh, there's a guy here over the last couple of weeks that has gone from kind of like one of my uh, heroes, maybe. I don't know. I really, really liked the guy. And now he's in my outhouse. I'll explain that on the other side of the break as you listen to Big Noon Sports. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join the Martin Houston Show as we move into a wild card Wednesday. Would you rather Wednesday? We'll have various topics that we'll hit. We want to invite you to get in on the conversation as we continue to break down Alabama versus Michigan as they take on each other in the Rose Bowl. College football playoff just around the corner. We'll be breaking it down right here on your home for Alabama Sports Tide 100.9 and 1238 of WTBC. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Champion Troy meets Duke in the 76 Birmingham Bowl on December 23rd at Protective Stadium. Tickets are on sale now starting at just $30. 
Games. The pregame festivities kick off December 22nd at the Bud Light Fan Fest Pep Rally at Uptown with live music, team pep rallies, and everything else you need to get in the game day spirit. This season, fill your holidays with good cheer. Get tickets and more information at BirminghamBowl.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunshine in full supply this afternoon, the high at 49. Tonight, another freeze, the sky clear, the low at 29. They look for a warming trend tomorrow and Thursday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow, 54. The high Thursday, 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 48 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. A week ago last night, Monday night, Tommy DeVito came in for the Giants as a backup quarterback, not very well known. And unfortunately, he led the Giants to a victory over my Green Bay Packers. Well, okay. But, you know, he's kind of a, a really cool success story and gained a lot of popularity after that win. Well, this past weekend, well, after that, he agreed to make an appearance at a New Jersey pizzeria called Coniglio's. So they had this agreement that he was going to make an appearance for $1,000. But after his agent sent them a note that's saying they're going to raise it and they're going to double the appearance to twenty grand. Now his agent and the pizzeria owner are going, oh, we didn't agree totally. And he's saying this guy's saying something that really didn't happen. But... It really appears that after he won the Monday night football game, they tried to double his appearance fee. You know, he's making probably a couple of million dollars a year. Is 10000 going to make that much difference? Kind of irks me when players and coaches do this. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I just and threw that one at you. I don't no, even know. No, 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 no. He, he, he shouldn't have uh, um, backed out on, you know, they had an agreement. And then he goes out and he um, has a great game on Monday night, and they raised it to, from ten thousand to twenty thousand. And I, I, I think that's, I think that's just sorry, low class. Yeah, I mean, so he's got a, a Devito, and he is a great story. And he is as Italian as Italian comes, and I mean, and his agent is uber italian i mean he he looks i can't i I, i'm guessing that he has one client and it would be tommy devito they all Uh, look like they walked out of goodfellas yeah yeah um what was the the saturday night live character uh father sarducci or uh you know what i'm talking about guido sarducci guido sarducci that's who his agent looks just like Uh, that's awesome great memory (laughs) by the way yeah um um, so devito's on a a three-year uh 2.7 million contract uh don't think it's guaranteed, but you know he, he's he, again he's he's a it's a great story, but um, I just I just hate it when people back out and they and they they, they tried to big time 
this this place that was uh you know just think about how the fans there support him i mean he is like mr new jersey <laughs> and like uh again I, I just think it's a it's a it's a it's a low low budget low rent move um and uh I'm sure that the negative publicity, I mean, it's the top story on the ESPN news site. The negative publicity is far more damaging than the 10,000 that they were wanting to get out of it. I mean, come on. Still, just making an an appearance for an hour and you get paid 10,000 bucks and, you know, his agent is thinking, well, you know, I only get my cut is probably uh 2.5%, 3%, yeah. 3% of uh of 10,000 uh which is not a lot of money. It's $300. Uh, yeah. So he was so basically his agent was trying to go from $300 to $600. Um and meanwhile DeVito just lost out on uh, a chance to make, you know, $9,700 for going to a place that he probably would go on a regular Tuesday afternoon anyway, right? <laughs> or Tuesday evening. So, yeah, not 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 a good look. Here's a real good look, and you know about it, this coming Saturday at 11 o'clock, the 76 Birmingham Bowl. Get your tickets now. Go online, BirminghamBowl.com, and you can just select your tickets right there go to the ball game. I think Lars and I are going to make plans to go there. But speaking of bowls, Lars, there's a bowl game tonight. It is the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. That's kind of fun to say. Some of them are confusing <laughs> and different, but Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. All right. The uh it's uh Tennessee Texas San Antonio, Tennessee. And Marshall, I'll watch when I get home from church, you know. I like bowl games, and you get to see teams and players and coaches that you haven't seen all year, and a lot of these teams are just really so darn pleased to be in a bowl game. They're usually really good bowl games, and I'll give you a perfect example. How about Jacksonville State's 34-31 win in double overtime? I mean, nobody's... A lot of places in the nation hadn't really heard of the Gamecocks. They thought they were in South Carolina. But anyway, yeah. these people that say there are too many bowls, here, guess what? Don't watch them. <laughs> you, know, you have the right to select what you're going to watch on TV. So, anyway. Yeah. I, I, tonight. I, I agree. Um, and uh, what, what is the – well, I was going to ask you what the spread was in the game. but uh, Ten and a half. <laughs> I looked it up just for you. Ten and a half uh, yeah. for Marshall? No, San Antonio. Ah, well. UTSA. Yeah, no, and, and San, they, they're really good. I mean, we uh, we thought, or I did, that uh, the uh, the head coach there had a really good shot at becoming the A&M head coach. Right. Uh, and they've had a, uh, a terrific season, but, man, uh, and this is a, basically a home game for them. Uh, cause this is in Frisco, Texas, right? Uh, so, uh, I, I don't know. Just as a, as a not knowing anything about this, I, I'm just inclined to go Marshall, uh, because just 
traditionally Marshall is a, is a pretty decent program, but uh, I would have to dig deeper into it if I were to play any money on it. But you know what? I did so well in our in our picks with um, with Reagan. Uh, with, uh, with, with Reagan uh, at R&R Cigar. You know, I hit like 75% on the season. Unreal. And Matt, I am just... Uh, I I made a joke to Kerry Estes like I, I'm as cold as and I can't even say it but I, I, I'm, a, I'm as cold I'm, I'm as cold as I've ever been and not uh, on air <laughs> not on air no no I but so I it's gotten to the point where I, I think uh, I need to go into the corner and and cry a little bit and then come you back out. The neutral, the neutral corner. <laughs> yes. Get your act together and then put up the dukes and come back out. Somebody <laughs> told go. me a long, this is 30, 40 years ago, that in bowl games, pick the underdogs because they're usually a smaller wannabe, we're happy to be here team taking on a team that's just going bowling. Yeah. And the first year that I, I didn't bet them, I just measured it. It was 75% dogs. Wow. Just something, well, something, something to, to think remember. About. I'm uh-huh. taking, yeah, thundering herd. All right, I'm out of the corner. Uh, <laughs> Thund- take, thundering herd. That, it, it took all of 33 seconds. <laughs> uh, thank you to Noah at Tide and Lars, thank you. We'll do it again in 22 hours. Base in Birmingham, Alabama.